Hello and welcome to Money Under Your Mattress. This is a podcast where I chat with freelancers, business owners and self-employed people on the realities of running their businesses. My wonderful guests share their honest experiences, the highs and lows and any advice they've picked up along the way. I hope the conversations give you some useful tips and that you enjoy listening. Today, I'm joined by Nick Bamba, the owner of Bamba Education, a recruitment business based in the West, or the West Country. Um, We've got loads to talk about in this episode from Nick's business, the Bristol Hitman, which I know we're going to come back to. Um, So just want to say welcome, Nick, and thank you so much for joining me. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me. And thank you, Rosie, for giving me this opportunity. Um, So yeah, as you said, so I'm Nick Bamba, founder of Bamba Education. Uh, we're based in Origin Workspace in Bristol, and we recruit teachers into secondary schools across the UK. Um, a quick intro, so I'm from South Africa, um, moved here when I was young, grew up in Cheddar, uh, went to uni up in Liverpool to study maths, um, thought I was going to work in finance, stockbroker, something like that. Went out a bit too much of uni, got a 2-2, and fell into recruitment, um, and I've been in Bristol for the last nine years. And haven't been back. <laughs> yeah, not look back. <laughs> um, so give us a better sense of who you are as a person and perhaps take us back to when you were a child. Have you always been a doer? So when I was a kid, I think it was probably my South African upbringing, but I've always been a hard worker. Like my parents straight away were like, you have to go get a job as soon as you can. So I was the one doing a paper round. I was doing pot washing. I was babysitting. Um, so yeah, I had a good work ethic from a young age. Then also... I was that kid in school who sold chocolate bars and Pepsi Max. So I'd do my paper run in the morning. You get £4 for the shift. I would then spend that £4 on Mars bars and then sell them in school to make £10. So then I turned my paper run into making £50 a week. And is that your first memory of earning money? I think there was probably washing the car or something when I was a young kid, but actually that was probably unpaid. I think my dad was just like, that's rent. <laughs> yeah, okay. But you've always had that, or you've had that mentality to, to take the money that you've got and turn it into something better or to get that money working harder. Definitely. I think I just realised as a kid there's a way of making more money from your current situation. Nice. And so then jump us forwards mm. and say so you're at uni, you think you're going to be a stockbroker and then you land into recruitment. Were you employed first? And then or at what point did you go to self-employed? So yeah, I put my CV online. It was one of those like, 20 recruitment companies called me, didn't answer and then two weeks later, one called me, JJ Fox, uh, went through the interview process, got the job. And I was like, right, I just need to make something myself. I've got a 2-2. I'm going to try really hard. So first year, I asked, what's the record in this company? And they said 200K in a year. So I was like, okay, I'm going to beat that my first year. And I managed to do it. I got 260K. So then I was shot into management and was top biller for three years. Um, but what came with that was long working hours. It was 12-hour days. I was working weekends. And then our gym at lunch, I then had pints after work, probably three, four days a week. And after three years of doing that, I was burnt out. It was, yeah, I was burning the candle at both ends. And I was just, I looked at myself in the mirror, it's looking scruffy, I had a bit of a belly. And I was like, this isn't me anymore. So yeah, ended up leaving after that. And so was it at that point you decided that you were going to go off and work for yourself? Yeah. So it was me and my girlfriend at the time, Steph. And we said, we know how to do this. Let's go start our own business. And um, we were two of the top performers at the business. So we were like, oh, this be easy. We'll go do that. And we started it. We, we had some support, thankfully, and it went okay. Uh, did quite well in the first year, but we broke up 10 months in. 
Uh, thankfully, we'd written up contracts, so if something happened. But anyway, she ended up keeping the business. Okay. Um, I then had some time out, which was quite nice. And then that came on to Bamber Education, which is my current business. So that launched in April 2019. Okay. And um, it's fair to say that the business has grown quite significantly during that time. So could you perhaps take us on that journey and talk to us about what have been the highs and the lows of building out this business? So yeah, I can start with the company journey because I feel it's been three parts to this journey. So when I started, uh, I'm into my health and fitness. So I wanted to create an environment where I could focus on myself again, because as I said before, I was out of shape and I was like, I, I wasn't happy in myself. I wanted to focus on myself um, and then make a lot of money on the side. So I started with the lifestyle business in mind. Um, so I'd work three, four days a week working. I'd travel around. I went to Tenerife, Lisbon, um, and then I just worked around Bristol and random places. Um, and that was really fun. Enjoyed it. But uh, well, that, that kind of gets to the end of part one. Part two. We work with secondary schools and the pandemic was the first time where schools have shut since World War II. So school shut, I, yeah, go into lockdown and I didn't know what to do with myself because I, I now, I'd gone into business and now my business couldn't make money. So for me, it was a, a point where I just had to take a bit of a risk. Thankfully, I invested some money in Bitcoin and Tesla, which did well over the pandemic. So it kept me afloat, but the actual business didn't do too well. So during that time, I became what was called Nick the Hitman, and that was doing HIIT workouts every day at one o'clock. So that's HIIT as an H-I-I-T, high-intensity interval training. Yeah. Um, and it got to the stage where my HIIT workouts made it to ITV, and I was on ITV, and they called me Joe Wicks of Bristol. There's still the article if you want to go see it. But yeah, that started off as me and my friends, well, my friends aren't into fitness, and they said, can you just show us how to do fitness at home? So I was like, right, let's get on Zoom. I was doing press-ups, doing squats. I was like... This is how it's done. And then the next day, some of their friends joined. And then the next day, I figured out music and I figured out you can connect a mic and then broadcast it. And I was like, the same session. It doesn't matter how many people join. Then slowly, then my family joined and then a friend of a friend. And before I knew it, I was like, I'll make an Instagram page for this. And then I was putting out posts every day. And it got to the stage where I had 50 people joining every day. It'd be me in my like festival fancy dress, okay. my fur coats, jumping around on that, we got class retakes a couple of weeks ago, so buzzing about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so that was a fun stage of my life, but it's completely different to what I'd be doing. But it helped me get through that period of lockdown where I was stressed from work and I didn't know what the future yeah. was going to look like. So, and so at that point, the because um, you speak so positively about, I keep calling it the Bristol Hitman, but yeah. <laughs> that that space. So, were you making money from that, or was that your way of just actually? getting some energy out and using your brain when the business was having a bit of a slower period. So yeah, it was all for free. Um, it was more just for me. Well, I was going to be working out every day and I thought this is a way of helping other people to work out. And yeah. it was such a, a feel-good thing for me, of like putting out positive vibes and then receiving it. Um, but after the time, I did put a donation page, a donation link on my website. So if people wanted to donate, they could, because like it came with a cost, like the website cost money. I was spending probably six hours a day because the social media be prep beforehand, prep for workout, do the music, do the workout, and then so many questions on social media all afternoon. It was fun, and it was my socialising through the pandemic, which was great. Okay, uh, so it kept you kept you on through, and then we, well, restrictions start to lift, or the world starts to normalise. So then you're fully immersed back into Bamber education. How did you pick that back up again, and what was the plan to? 
get it firing. That was it. So that's part two coming to end and then part three starts. So one of my old my old seniors at my old job at JJ Fox was a guy called Dom Key. Um, and he'd been working with business 10 years and we'd just been in chats for a while. We'd always got on. He works hard, but he's one of the hardest workers I know. So he suggested getting into business together, like buying into the business. Okay. And I bit his hand off. I was like, yeah, let's absolutely do this. But the plan was for it not to be lifestyle anymore, but to grow the business. So he came in um, and that was January 2022. So at the start of last year. So at that point, it's the two of you yeah, as founders or yeah. partners of the business. That's it. So then with the plan to grow. So we, we took it slowly to start where we said, just want to work for six months, save up some money, and then we're in a position to grow from September. Um, so we did that head down. We used to work in Weatherspoons three days a week. Uh, we have such a fond, like fond memories within Weatherspoons. So we often go there now still as a business. Um, yeah, you really do. Um, and yeah, moved into Origin Workspace last summer. Um, and since then, we noticed our work ethic just doubled. Like the amount of work we were doing since we were in our office space compared to working randomly, just, yeah, went through the roof. And then come September, all the invoices landed from the work we'd done. And we're like, right, ready to go. Um, and by chance, I bumped into a, a friend from school, a guy called Lewis. He was a part-time bin man, part-time techno DJ. And he was like, I'm looking for work. And I was like, I actually think you'd be great. And he joined his second month. He did like a 20K month, just blew it. Yeah, he did so well when he started. And from there, we were like, right, let's go. And got another one and got another one. And then now to this day, we're up to 12 of us full time. Okay. Um, and recently, big exciting news has been joined by our previous manager at JJ Fox. He was uh, 15 years in the company. Okay. You know, he's a trainer. He managed an office of 40 people. So he he brings like the leadership and training experience. So yeah, I, I feel like now we've got to 12, but the goal's 40 in a couple of years and 100 down the line. Okay, so there's, there's a plan there. Yeah. And at what point when your business partners come on and you said you remember when the invoices started coming through, at what point did you know that it was going to work? Because you had that worry mm. when lockdown happened and you did, you know, no one saw that coming. Then at what point, do you remember that, that specific paycheck or that one invoice, the first invoice when you think, actually, we're back in it, this is going to work? You know what? I remember my first invoice really clearly. That was when it was just me. I'm trying to think down the line. I, I could tell you about my first invoice. That was, um, yeah, it was, uh, I booked into some interviews. It, it, the lady did really well. And I was, so I was like, right, I'm going to work up in Bristol. It was a sunny day. It was a Friday. And and just for people that might not be as close to recruitment, so you found a female teacher. Yeah. You've got her placed in a school. That's it. So she's interviewed okay. and it's for a permanent role, for a head of maths role in London. And yeah, so it had gone well. So I was like, okay, let's go up to Bristol. This is my, my chance. So I'm in my jazzy shirt. I'm in the Bristol SU because I used to work out of there. I, could get, I was 26, 27. I can get away with working in the SU. So I had a three pound pie next to me. And uh, they just emailed, they're like, yeah, we'd like to offer the job. This is the salary. I was like, great, that'll be 11,000 pounds. And they just came back to me and they said, great, send us the invoice, we'll pay it this week. And I remember just sitting there with my laptop like, wow. I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> I was like, There's a few more three pound pikes to be had. Yeah, that's it. And because I, I was in Bristol in my jazzy shirt already, straight out to King Street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was such a, a clear moment for me. I was like, this is doable. Because up to then, when you haven't done the deal, you don't know if you can do it again. You don't know if the brand's going to survive, is it? Yeah. So, and, a big turning point. And from there, have there been any moments or times? Because clearly, like all mm. of us, when you work for yourself, you're going to have good months, you're going to have mm. lots of good months. 
But have there been times over the last few years where you thought, ah, oh, this isn't really taking off or has it just been, as you've described, you've had to sort of catch up with demand and bring more people into the team? I've just thought of a brilliant story. So it was Dom and I, it was when it was the two of us and we were saying, right, we need to grow this business. We need to get some money in. And it was, I think, his second or third month and we'd have loads of interviews on the board. And we went in, it was six interviews on the board and we are like, we're going to get some deals today. There's some good people at final stage. This is going to happen. One by one, it was no, no, didn't show up, sick. And then all six fell, yeah, just fell flat. And I remember leaving the office that day and I felt depressed. Like, I was so down, so drained. We'd worked so hard and Dom had left this business to come join me and we're going to grow this. And we've just had an absolute failure of a day. And up to then, it was just lots of interviews being known. So, And what would you expect in terms of conversion off those six names on the board? Oh, that would probably thought two. Okay. Uh, we, we'd hoped four. Four of them could, like, were good chances of going through, but we're like two if we're unlucky. And to get none, it's like, that was really unlucky. Quite shocking. Yeah. yeah. That's recruitment though. I, I see it as you're rolling the dice and sometimes you roll sixes, sometimes you don't. You can even have the best candidates going in sometimes and it doesn't work out. And I want to talk a bit more about like the business side of running Bound Education. And when I've spoken to other people, we talk a lot about the different hats you need to wear and sort of what you're juggling. So talk to us about how you sort of run the business and anything you particularly love about running the business or, you know, on the flip side, anything that's a bit of a faff or a bit of a pain. Yeah, so... As, as the founder, I've worn every hat within the business because it was just me for the first two years. So I've got to experience every role and there's probably like 15 different aspects within the company. So um, yeah, as it's grown, you've been able to give hats to other people. Like recently, I've outsourced the HR and the vesting and screening, which is the bit I do, yeah, absolutely hate. Um, as I did maths at uni, I quite like the numbers side of it, which I know a lot of people don't. So I, I don't mind in the numbers, but my role now is 20% recruiting, where it used to be 80% recruiting, whereas now it's more people management. Okay. So, but yeah, when you're managing people, thankfully, we're being selective who we've recruited into the business. So it's not been that bad. So, but at some point, there's going to be something I know which has come, but I find that is the stressful part. Okay. Um, actually, the other stressful part is money. So at points where you've got money in the bank, it's all going fine, and then payroll goes out, and you see it going down, and then you wait for some invoices to come in, and they don't land for a while, and you just see the cash going down. That's the bit I find stressful. Um, okay. I've never, I've always played it safe, so I've always had money in the bank. But then recently, this is the first point where we've got invoices outstanding, but they're coming in six months' time. So right. we're in a stage now where, yeah, we're trying to get through that at the moment. And who do you talk to about that? And who do you turn to in the team or family or friends to... So, luckily for me, and this is something I should have actually touched on earlier, is I've got a big support network in startup recruitment companies. So because the old company we work for, JJ Fox, it, there was just almost like a mass exodus where about 10, 15 people left at the same time. And they all set up businesses. So we're in this big WhatsApp group and we all help each other out. So... Like there's some people who did lifestyle, some people who have grown. Like there's one guy who's up to a hundred staff in his business and he started at the same time I did. Wow. So yeah, but because we all connect, we all help each other. There's that network. So if I'm going through something, I turn to the network and I ask them. Um, and yeah, quite more than, yeah, most of the time they've gone through the situation already. So there's someone there to give sound advice. And share the love. Yes. You, um, I want to go back to something you said 
um, a few minutes ago about sort of the planning and how you think about growing the business to 40 to 100. Mm. When you do the planning, how do you think about that? Do you think about that in terms of revenue? Do you think about it from this cash flow perspective? Do you think about it from a number of people in the team? And, and who do you sort of do that planning and thinking with? So, yeah, we've done that between so the owners of the business are me, Dom and Mike. So we have these chats fairly often. Um, like, for example, our goal was to be at 10 for this September, but we're at 12 now, so three months ahead. So we've kind of been able to gauge it. Whereas, yeah, we're trying to regroup now and then probably grow again. I think you've got to grow in little waves. I don't think you can keep expanding because you need to stay on top of the cash. But yeah, I suppose that's what I've kept my eye on is how much cash have we got in the bank? Is it safe to do it now? Um, but yeah, as soon as you, we've had a good month, then we're it's like you ride that momentum and be like, right, we're ready to get another person in. And it's almost as soon as people have gone through the training, we had people start six months ago. So now they're no longer trainees, they're recruiters. So they require less time from us now. So as soon as you've got a bit more time, we're like, okay, we could probably hire someone else in now. So, and, and yeah, we're trying to just do it slowly and organically. Like we never wanted to take investment because um, we don't report to other people. Okay. So uh, yeah, I feel there's a lot more pressure and then you've got money going out the business as well. Okay, nice. And um, we, we touched on the importance of um, health and fitness a little bit earlier on. How does that, when you spoke to me before, you've spoken about sort of different initiatives that are in place where you work around getting people exercising on the lunch break and talk to us about the perks that that brings. But from your personal experience, what's been the benefits of health and well-being and fitness in you setting up this business and growing the business? I think for me, from a young age, I've always been into sport. My mum's number one in the UK for squash. My dad does ultra marathons. So I was in a sporty family growing up. So I, I learned early on, if you're active and you're doing sport, you feel good in yourself. And I imagine that's the release of endorphins and you've got a social network, you're a part of a team. So you see other people. But yeah, a lot of it, I think, comes to, it's like confidence building as well. So when you go into the gym and you work really hard, you come out of it and you feel good about yourself. Uh, the other thing I use fitness for um, is to get me out of bed in the morning. So I'm notoriously bad for waking up. I'm a bit of a sloth in the morning. But if I say to someone, I'm going to be at the gym at seven o'clock, there is no doubt I will be there. So that's, I use other people while sport and saying I'll be there to other people. What, what is that like accountability yeah. i was like there's a 100 i'll be there so that's a little tool i use then you can bounce from the gym straight to the office yeah so yeah quite often yeah i'll do it in the morning because then i'm like pumped ready for the day and it's one of those things if people don't work out early on i think it's on your mind all day you're like i'll go to the gym after work i'll go to the gym after work and then if it doesn't happen i then feel bad about it but there's so many distractions at the end of the day but if you can do it at the start of the day or at lunch to break up your day have a shower like time away from your desk, I find that's the secret to success. Like morning or lunchtime exercise. And um, what was the role in the office or what's the incentive? You get an extra, you get a longer lunch break if you gym? Yeah, so we do, it's an hour for lunch, but as like improving yourself is very important to me. Like I've always, I'm, I want to either learn or do fitness or meditation, whatever it is. So I've just brought this incentive in where as long as you're working on yourself and improving yourself, you get an extra half an hour for lunch. So most people use it for gym, but one of our guys, Lewis, is a techno DJ, so he mixes techno. Um, yeah, so everyone's got a variety of things. Some people read, but I'd say the bulk of people gym, but which is great. It's created like a nice community at work where we all gym together and then we go for pints on a Friday. 
So, yeah, it's just a nice, positive atmosphere, and I love that. And um, from your experience of setting up the business, growing the business, and sort of the journey you've been on, what advice or tips would you share with someone who's perhaps... I'm going to break this question too, actually, because I think you have lots of knowledge to share in this space. So point one, for someone who's looking to set up their business, mm. what advice or tips would you give them from your experiences? So for me, what really helped was having that network. And I know that's a hard thing to say is people just have a network. <laughs> but, yeah, made friends. But like that has been... I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the network. I can name a few people like Josh Price. Like, he was my mentor. And he basically gave me the blueprint to starting up a company. And he's been my sounding board for years. And then Guy Walker, he's, he's the guy who grew the business to 100 people rapidly. So any questions I've got, he's just helped me. And he gave me data at the start. And then I know John Blackburn's coming on this podcast later, but he, uh, he's one to think outside the box and he does things a bit differently. And yeah, so many, he's like an ideas machine. Like you'll see later on when he comes in. Um, so yeah, network's great. So I don't know how, well, I suppose exactly what you're trying to set up here is speak to other people doing what you're doing or with similar ideas because that you can just bounce off them. Other thing, surround yourself with positive people. When you start a business, it's, I had so many people, as soon as I said, I'm going to start a business, everyone was like, no, don't do that. Too risky. My parents were like, no, no, you can't do that. You're in a, you're in a safe job. Why do that? And I'm not saying they weren't positive, but in that scenario, it was hard because I had to just go against that. Whereas now it's like, I've just surrounded myself with like entrepreneurs and other people who've done it, like that support network I had. And they were all like, no, no, just do it. It's fine. You'll, it'll figure itself out. And it has. So yeah. Positive people, and to be honest, that's not just for people setting up businesses. That's that's, life. that's a real life. <laughs> I, if you've got negative people in your life, get them out as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there's the balance, though, isn't there? Because sometimes, because I completely understand what you're saying, sometimes is it's useful to have that different perspective of someone being a little bit glass half empty to give a dose of realism. But it's really hard if you're surrounded by glass half empty type of folk all the time so, absolutely um, and you and it's hard work so you need positive energy around you when you're doing something absolutely like this okay so then i'm just thinking because you've grown the business substantially what advice would you give to someone listening who's set up their business and now they're looking ahead and thinking about growing it what would be your top tip there so i think at the start what really helped was living within my means i think a lot of people go self-employed, start a business, they start earning some money and then start spending money. Whereas I just looked at myself from the start, I was like, I need about a thousand pound a month to live for now, just live off that. And even when more money started coming in, still keep on that, so I'd still keep the, the outgoings as low as possible. Even now, to this day, it's like, I still keep my outgoings really low because I'd rather reinvest that money back into the business to keep growing. So yeah, just be sensible with your money. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. I'm trying to something else we could also say is there's ways to leverage your business. I learned this from Naval Ravikant. The two ways that you can um, leverage your business. So it'll either be with products or with um, people. So to grow your business, you either need more people. Um, that's like the simplest way of growing your business. It's like what people have done since the start of time. But nowadays you've got products. So technologies, you've got social media, you've got chat GPT. It's like, these things are free to use, but you can get such reach with them. A growing a social media following is free. But once you get to the stage where you've got 5,000 followers and you put something out, so many more people see it. It's like, 
that's how I'm here today, to be honest, is social media stuff. Yeah, diversify and take those opportunities. Okay, yeah, that's super, thank you. So top tips, I, I guess, in summary is, one is around finding a support network. And I think what I took from what you said is about not being shy to revisit um, old connections or old contacts or previous contacts, particularly if you've come from an employed background, there'll be people that you've worked with in the past who can help you as well as other business owners who are further along their journey, get some advice wrong. And being cautious or sensible with money from a personal perspective, but also from, you know, from a business perspective. Absolutely. Just from that, I've seen, I've seen people grow businesses and spend too much money and then it collapses. And we, yeah, we've, we've had a few people who we know who've started and it's just not worked out. And it's such a shame to see. And there's so much potential there. And the money side of it is the thing that for most people keeps them up at night. So yeah. if you can keep a tap on or a lid on that then when everything else could be up in the air or you're not knowing where the business is heading that's the one thing that gives you peace of mind and you know enables you to actually sleep at night. the money is stress it's the first time i've noticed this year is my hairline going back <laughs> <laughs> i can't comment so i don't know if <laughs> <laughs> this is all um and just one last question before i let you go if i asked you to pick a soft to soundtrack your business so far what would it be and, and this is a a great opportunity, actually, if you want to plug your colleague who's a technical DJ. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I was thinking, like, the amount of phone calls I've made over the year, or uh, well, the years, not year, it's got to be Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And also, I love it because um, quite often people pick something they've never thought of. <laughs> so for once is what I actually Oh, yes, there we go. <laughs> Amazing. Um, that's been really, um, well, a fun episode and just really grateful because you've been super honest um, about your experiences. And I think there's loads from what you've said that will help other people. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Jess. It's been fun and it's been a good opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my first podcast, so glad it's done. You'll have got the bug now. You'll be, <laughs> everyone will be uh, messaging you now to get you to sign up to their podcast too. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> super. I'll, um, I will leave a link in the comments to read more about... Um, Bamber Education for those that will tell a read. Um, but in the meantime, please do subscribe, review or tell a friend about the podcast. Really helps to give us a boost and to share some stories from those who are working themselves. And I will be back soon with the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye.